Psalm 119, verse 113. We come to this new section, reading down to verse 120. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. We come to the section number 15. Each verse begins with the Hebrew letter Samak. Samak means support. The letter makes David think of his need of support. His support in God. The key verses are verses 116 and 117. Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live. Hold thou me up and I shall be saved. These two verses lie in the centre of the room, at the very heart of this section. And the very name of the letter is the first word of verse 116. Uphold me, support me, be thou present for me to lean upon. David needs the support of God. He needs the Lord to sustain him throughout all the days of his life, every day. But especially in the times of trouble and trial and temptation. You have it repeated again, a similar word in verse 117. Hold thou me up. Give me the support that I require, Lord that I might be safe. So he's praying for this help from God. And this prayer, this whole idea of his need of the Lord to support him, implies two things. It implies, first of all, that David feels needy, that somehow he's feeling weak and vulnerable, and he needs help. So he's feeling frail. He's spiritually speaking very weak. So there's that coming across, this sense of need. Support me. And then secondly, it implies confidence in God. As one who can support him. As one who is at hand to do so as one who is well able to uphold him. And so he has faith. While he has need, 
He has faith and he's looking to God to uphold him. Who is able to deliver him in his time of great trial. In other words, while David is weak and frail, verses 116 and 117 show he is leaning on God. You know, you have no support until you lean. You have no support unless you lean on the right thing or the right person. You could have a bad leg or a bad ankle or a bad knee or whatever, physically, and you need a stick. But the stick won't support you until you lean on it, until you use it, until you put your weight on it. So uh, this prayer expresses his faith. He's leaning. He's leaning on the Lord. You will know the song, What Have I to Dread? What Have I to Fear? Leaning on the everlasting arm. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. That's what David is most definitely doing in this section. He's leaning. On the everlasting arms. On a God. Who is his hiding place. And his shield. As he says. In the section. Now in the Levitical worship. In the tabernacle. There is an important use. Of this word samak. The word occurs. Multiple times. In Leviticus. And it is. Considered many occasions. Throughout the Levitical offerings, whenever the Hebrew brings his offering to God. It occurs, for example, in the early chapter of Leviticus 1, that whenever a man is to bring his offering unto the Lord, and it's a voluntary offering, he brings it to the door of the tabernacle on, at his own will before the Lord, it says, He shall put his hand. Upon the head of it. On the head of the burnt offering. And it shall be accepted for him. The sinner has to put his hand. On the substitute. And this idea of putting. Putting his hand. Is the same word here. Leaning on it for support. So he's not just touching the head of the beast. He leans on it. He is supporting his weight upon the beast. He's pressing down upon it. Acknowledging his need of a substitute. Acknowledging his need for another to uphold him and sustain him. The poor sinner who needs a saviour. So he's finding support on the beast. If he's leaning on it in faith, it will be accepted for him. And so the picture 
that very definitely comes out of this word, leaning, getting support in someone else. This pictures the relationship that is necessary between the Lord Jesus Christ and the poor sinner. A relationship of faith. Christ is the only Savior. He is the only one who gives us acceptance. He's the only one who can bring us to God. He's the only one who has made the atonement for our sins. And he alone gives us that reconciliation to God. There's no one else who supports us as poor needy sinners but Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So he supports us in our low, poor, lost estate. The Savior is the substitute. He's the one who came for us, who died for us and gives us acceptance. Jesus to that fountain of thine Leaning on thy promises, I go. You can only come for the forgiveness of sins leaning. Leaning on the promises of the gospel and leaning on that dear Savior who alone died in our stead. All we can do is lean on the Lord. That's all we can do as sinners. Depend on him, not on works, not on efforts. We sin, we fall, we falter, we fail. We're poor and needy and vulnerable. And the only one that we can lean upon is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who will never let us down. Uphold me. Hold thou me up, and I shall be saved. So we have one who is sufficient and able in the Lord Jesus. One willing to sustain us. You remember the song of Solomon? How he asked this question as he sees a vision. Who is this that cometh up out of the wilderness leaning? Leaning on her beloved, she's finding support in her beloved. She's, she's not able to make the journey. She's not able to do the ascent on her own. But she's leaning on her beloved, on our beloved, the Lord Jesus. Do you remember how God, through the prophet, said to Israel that they were trusting in Egypt, they were trusting in Pharaoh, Isaiah 36, and he says, leaning on a man is what you're doing. You're leaning on a man, leaning on him like a staff. And all that is going to do is to pierce you and to go through your hand. He's not a staff to lean upon. He's something that will cripple you. You have to lean on the right one. Not the wrong one. There's only support in leaning on the right thing. And the right thing is the promise of God and the person giving the promise of God, the Lord himself. You know that well-known verse? This, this word, some Mac, occurs in it. You remember how the Lord says, 
that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stead, whose mind is leaning, seeking his support in God, leaning on the Lord, because that man is trusting in thee, and he'll be kept in perfect peace. There's no other place of perfect peace but to stay upon God. And so we have this section, this thought prominent. David is leaning on the Lord throughout it. And that's a unifying theme that you have to keep in mind when you study it. You know, you notice first of all, that David knows God has promised support for his people. Verse 116, uphold me according unto thy word. I'm not asking something, I'm not expecting something, but that you have promised it. This is meaning, you've given me reason to believe, Lord, that you will support because your word promises it. You uphold all them that trust in you, Lord. So David knows the promises of God. And we can't lean without a promise, and we can't have support, neither can we have faith without a promise. And so we have the promises of the word. The Bible says, the Lord upholdeth all the righteous. It even says, though he fall, and he may fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. There's a promise of upholding there. David knows these promises. He knows how God spake to Abraham, his father, He said, fear not, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. He mentions the shield in this section. My hiding place and my shield. He's thinking of a promise made to Abraham where we first read of the shield. God is the shield. You give the support, Lord. So the Lord is the shield of his people who sustains them in all their troubles. And shelters them in all the storms they go through. He will know how Israel had been often promised this. Happy art thou, O Israel, who who is like unto you, people saved by God, the shield of your help, the sword of your excellency, and all your enemies will be dealt with. And you'll tread upon them, all of them. God promised to be with his people Israel. To redeem them. To bring them through. And he will know the the dealings of God with Israel. According to your word Lord. As you dealt with our fathers. As you dealt with Israel. As you dealt with the early family in the land. Whenever there was a famine. You sent Joseph before. You were upholding them. You were sustaining them. All the while. When they were about to perish. How you filled the storehouses for Israel coming in so that they would be fed. How you brought them out of Egypt. And through that vast wilderness you supported them. You gave them the manna. You sustained them. You gave them the water. You kept them alive. You guided them. You clothed them with clothes that never wore. You gave them shoes that never wore out. According to your word, Lord. Just like you did it in the word. Uphold me. Sustain me. Remember how the Lord said, I carried you on eagles' wings. 
I supported you like on the wings of an eagle. I brought you out and I brought you through. And this is what the Lord does for all that find their trust in God. And of course we have a far bigger Bible than David ever had. We have the rest of the prophets and the New Testament as well and the promises of our Lord Jesus Christ from his own lips. Come unto me, all ye labour heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Believe in me and you'll have salvation and support. And so we have exceeding great and precious promises of this matter. According to your word, Lord, according to what you've said, I'm leaning on the promises. Fear not then. I will uphold thee, God says, with my own hand, casting all your care upon him, leaning all your troubles upon him, for he careth for you. So it's very clear that if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. And that includes the promise of sustaining grace through all the trials of life. So this is promised. David knows this is something promised. It's not a broken stick to lean on God. It is the promise of him who is the truth itself. But then secondly, David feels that this sustaining grace of God is necessary. He says, verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word. That I may live. I can't live without this Lord. I'd perish without this. Verse 117. Hold thou me up. And I shall be safe. No safety without this Lord. Just danger. Death. Life is in jeopardy Lord. Without this. You see how. How great a sense of need he has. David knows he can't keep himself. He knows that he can't maintain the spiritual self. He knows that only the Lord can quicken him. Only the Lord can cause him to be safe and to live. We must never think that we can stand firm in our own strength, brethren and sisters. We must never think that we can walk with God and are incapable of falling. We must never think that we're safe. We must always think we are in jeopardy, in danger. And certainly David thinks like that. He takes heed because he knows he can fall. He will fall if he ceases to lean on God. If God should desert him, it would be all over with him. He cannot presume. In other words, he talks like a man who's about to slide and slip. Oh, pull me up. He feels like a man who's on slippery ground. I need your support, Lord. He feels like he's walking on ice. Or he feels the weakness is in his limbs and he's afraid of falling. He feels he's about to fall. Whatever. He's on slippery ground. And he doesn't want to be ashamed. You know how you, how you feel when you fall, you're, you're embarrassed, you're ashamed. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live. Let me not be ashamed of my hope. That's what happens when we sin and fall. We, we, we become ashamed. 
If Satan gets the better of us, we'll be embarrassed. If the world gets us to sin, we'll be held up to ridicule. They'll mock and despise us all the more if we fall. And we're in danger of falling because it's a very slippery world we walk through. And if you're not leaning on God, you will fall, most certainly. Because only God can keep us safe. David believes this. This is why he's in this room praying the way that he does. So he doesn't want the world to say, oh, you're just a hypocrite, David. There's a man who made God his trust. Look at him now. You're just like us. You're just like the rest of us. Yeah, you're even worse than us, David. Because we don't pretend to be godly. We don't pretend to be following the Lord. We don't pretend to be holy. David doesn't want to fall and hear all of that. There's only safety in the Lord. As he says in another psalm, Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. That's why we read Jude. Because as Jude closes his epistle, what does he say? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. You see, Jude has painted a terrible picture. Terrible picture of danger. Terrible picture of a slippery world. Surrounded by all kinds of enemies of the gospel. A dangerous, slippery ice rink. And he has to close his epistle by saying to the people of God, Unto him who alone is able to keep you from falling in such a world. Unto him. He, he keeps you from falling. You have to lean on him. You have to find your support in God. Amy Carmichael found that to be a wonderful verse unto him that is able to keep you from falling. She was in Glasgow at one of the Keswick conventions and she didn't receive much from the preaching that had taken place. and She was wondering about her spiritual condition but then the preacher closed in prayer. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling. In the benediction he says. And it gripped her heart. And it carried her through. And she went through quite a lot. Amy Carmichael. In Japan and uh, later on. In her main ministry in India. Well we need one to lean on. The Lord. Verse 117. Hold thy me up and I shall be safe. I will have respect unto thy statutes. Continually, we can't, we can't walk on a path like that That is respecting God's commandments continually Unless the Lord is holding us up to do so So we need God to sustain us And we need to feel the slippiness of the way Why is the path so slippery to David? That's the third point then well, Why does he feel that he's on such slippery roads? Why does he feel it's so dangerous for him and he could fall at any time? Why does he have to be carefully walking, leaning on the Lord as a rod of strength? Well, if you read this section, it's very obvious. It's because he is in a wicked, ungodly environment. In a world that is not conducive to godliness. In a world that's always pouring forth the filth so that it's under our feet. We have to often walk through it. A world that is making our way slippery. 
It's because he's weak in a wicked and ungodly world. A world of deception. A world of Satan's control. A world of demons and of darkness. And of icy paths. You get a sense of that in this section. It's, it's easy to be deluded, you know. It's easy to be beguiled. It's easy to be led astray. It's easy to be infected by the world's immorality and the world's ways. It's easy for it to get into our life. It's easy for it to become under our feet as part of our walk. It's easy to become married to the world again. To get caught up in the tide of wickedness. And so you see here, David is feeling he's in that place. Verse 115. Depart from me, ye evil doers. He's in a world of evil doers. Who are doing wickedness. And they're infectious with that wickedness. Verse 118. Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes. He's surrounded by sinners who have erred, erred from God, erred from the ways of God. The wicked of the earth, he says in verse 119, thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. He's, he's surrounded by this dross, the erring and their errors, the wicked and their ways, the evil and their works. And all of that is infectious. And we have to brush shoulders with that. And powerfully it overcomes men. Unless God is their hiding place, their strength and their shield. Unless God is leaned upon. In verse 113 he refers to evil thoughts. I hate evil thoughts. As he comes into this room needing to lean on the Lord, battling with thoughts, vain thoughts, I hate them. Now the evil thoughts here in such a way express as not to make us think so much about the thoughts, but about the ones who are having these thoughts, the skeptics, the doubting ones, the skeptical thoughts that come from men. He's thinking of the thoughts that the ungodly pour out, the stuff that they, like a whole shootout, under the feet of the godly, atheism, all the isms, all the false philosophies, everything spewing it out that David has to tread over, to tread through as he journeys through life. He can't take a step, but it's in the way some way or other. I hate it all. I hate the skepticism. I hate the atheism. I hate the vain, empty thoughts of man. Lord, I need you to carry me through. He feels its contaminating, devastating effect. And while he doesn't follow these men or espouse their ways, yet he knows it can be difficult to traverse these ways. Secularism and atheism. It gets in on the people of God even. Very dangerous. And there are some people who nearly seem to like walking in this kind of stuff. They like to study the ways of the wicked. The philosophies of the wicked. The ideas of the wicked. They like to tread the maze through the errors. They like to investigate errors and sort it all out and maze their way through it and explore it. 
That's not what God's people do. They mean well to answer it, to stand against it. But it's not always a good thing to study the ways of wickedness. You know why? Because even when you don't believe the error, error deadens. It deadens. And it can deaden a Christian. Studying the counsel of Satan. Exploring the counsel of Satan. Studying the ways, the diverse ways and snares of Satan. As if that's the meal. Brethren and sisters, God's truth is our meal. The whole counsel of God is what we feed upon. Not the errors of the wicked. Not the ways of the world. We must stay clear of them. Depart from me, ye evildoers. I only want to have dealings with the commandments of God. He knows he must oppose and hate all the errors. I do hate vain thoughts. But he knows also that his heart is prone to unbelief and doubts and errors and the ways of wickedness. These errors, while they may not in fact our way, they can deaden our heart. I hate them. Away from me. Depart from me. Thy truth, thy word, thy commandment, I lean on thee and thy truth. And so, brethren and sisters, we must feed on the word and the whole counsel of the word, not selected portions of the whole counsel of God, which every minister is called to proclaim. And so, no minister should ever get onto a pet theme. But give on to the people the pure word of all Holy Scripture. And because of all this infectious errors, he needs the Lord to carry him through. And lastly then, he seeks the support through prayer. This support that he needs, he seeks it through prayer. The whole psalm is a, is a prayer to God. It's converse with God. But it's not all petition. There's much just talking and fellowshipping with the Lord. Making vows unto God. Confessing unto the Lord. But there are also petitions. Requests. And the only petitions in this section. Are verses 116 and 117. Our main text. In the very heart of the room. Those are petitions. They're prayers. Uphold me. Hold thou me up. These are actual petitions. Requests. And that's how he leans. By praying, by calling upon God and telling the Lord, Lord, I need you. Only you can carry me through this difficult time. So this is how his, his leaning is manifested. By prayer, he's, he's calling upon God for his assistance, for his grace. As he says in another psalm, and that, that could really define these verses, my soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholds me. Do you see the relationship? Lord, my soul is following hard after you. I'm clinging to you. I'm trailing behind you at your coattails. Hard, hard following you. 
and your hands upholding me. Are we hard following the Lord? Are we really earnest? Are we really into following God? Is God our need? And do we have a sense of that? And are we telling him, Lord, I'm not getting through without you. I'm following hard after you. Uphold me. That's the man God upholds. Following hard. You follow hard when you're constantly crying unto him to support you in the overwhelming flood. And you know, hell needs to hear Christians praying like that. You see, the devil knows who is prayerless. And he knows who to overcome. He knows who's not leaning on God at all. He knows the easy targets. He knows. You know, when a man wants to rob a house, not that I'm an expert at this business, but if a man wants to rob a house, you know, it'll usually be at night time or whenever everybody's away, but at night time, if he's doing it, he'll do it when they're sleeping. And he'd break in and he'd do the damage when, when they're all asleep. And he'd be waiting outside. And if he hears talking, if he hears them talking, oh, they're not sleeping yet. He'd wait on for another hour or two. Oh, they're still talking. They're going to talk all night. And then he'd finally give up. They're not, they're not going to go to sleep in that house. They're talking. They're talking all the time. And that's like the devil. The devil cannot rob us if he hears us talking to God all the time. You know that's not a person that's going to go to sleep. That's someone who's trusting God, who's depending on the Lord. That's not a man I'm going to be able to rob, he says. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. Because the devil knows. David dare not be careless in prayer. For by that channel alone he obtains God's support. That's how he leans on the Lord. Maybe all as believers learn that lesson today. The lesson to lean always on the Lord.